This episode of Local Knowledge is brought to you by TaylorMade. They pride themselves on being able to do anything and everything to make golfers better. That's just what happens when you have a group of people who live, breathe, and sleep golf. Like you, they don't just play the game. They obsess over it. And they're always looking to increase their local knowledge of what golfers want out of their gear they rely on. And if you share this passion with them, well, welcome to the team. Use the promo code GOLFDIGEST, again, GOLFDIGEST in all caps, for free shipping on TaylorMadeGolf.com. That's another lovely round of 65 for you today, including a birdie on the last. It must be a really nice way to head into the weekend. Yeah, um, anytime you can bury the last hole, it's definitely a little, dinner tastes a little bit better. And yeah, obviously I feel like I'm in a good position heading into the weekend. Boring. You've heard a version of this exact exchange so, so many times. It's boring, stale, trite, cliched, whatever word you want to use. And even those of us who love golf can agree that golf broadcasts have this general tone. If the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, then golf can't hope to attract new eyeballs with the same old coverage. Which is why golf getting the Netflix treatment makes so much sense. And you wonder why it didn't happen sooner. In January, Netflix announced that they'd begun filming a behind-the-scenes documentary following the professional golf season. They'll have access to many of the top players in the world, both inside and outside the ropes, and both the PGA Tour and all four major championships have signed on to grant unprecedented access to someone else's cameras. The show will be co-produced by Box to Box Films, which is the production company behind the smash hit Drive to Survive Netflix series on Formula One Racing and Vox Media Studios. 22 players have committed to appear in the show, which will wrap up filming at the Tour Championship in August, but won't air until months later. So those, those are the facts. But what this show will be is only part of the story. Far more intriguing is how this show will come to life and why it represents such an intriguing opportunity for the sport. This is the week of the Players' Championship, the PGA Tour's flagship event. It features the best field on a renowned golf course. In golf, the players might not be a major, but it's still a pretty big deal. But think for a second how much bigger the players would be if golf itself was bigger. If more people followed the pro game and could pick out not only Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy in a crowd, but Harry Higgs and Joel Damon. I'm Dan Rappaport, and this episode of Local Knowledge will take a deep dive into professional golf's bet that this Netflix show will bolster golf just like Drive to Survive bolstered Formula One racing. We're going to talk to the key players behind the show to find out how it came together, why it's happening now, what it might look like, and what impact it could have. The deal came together on the golf course, naturally. The year is 2019, and two pals are about to play golf at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. They're there for CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, an annual trade show that brings together all the big players in tech and advertising. It's a giant schmooze fest, basically. One of the guys playing golf is Chad Mum, a self-proclaimed golf sicko and head of entertainment at Fox Media Studios, the company behind the popular Explained series on Netflix and, to put it simply, a bunch of other stuff. The other is Chris Wandell, vice president of media business development for the PGA Tour. Here's Chad Mum. I'd be there with Fox Media and the tour would always be there. And so every year we'd like play golf in January and 
I'd catch up with Mondell. And over the years, I like launched the TV studio at Vox, Vox Media Studios. And as I, once I was getting that off the ground, you know, every year I would basically pitch him on this idea and say like, we should do a hard knocks for golf. So hard knocks, not drive to survive, was the original model for this show. Hard Knocks, if you're unfamiliar, is sort of the OG of behind-the-scenes sports documentaries. Produced by NFL Films and HBO, the show began in 2001 and took players out from under their helmets and humanized them. Each year, Hard Knocks would follow a different team through training camp. They wouldn't just focus on the stars, they'd tell the stories of the undrafted free agent with a young baby who desperately needs to make the team. It's been a huge success, particularly in those early years. Fans love the drama, the X's and O's, but it was also just really freaking funny. We look like a blind man looking for the outhouse in a fog, man. Like if somebody come to you, if coach come to you and be like, man, did he cover you? You could just look at coach and be like, man, coach, child, please, because you're really disrespecting me, right? Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the I want to see tomorrow? Let's go to eat a damn snack. The show turned football players into human beings. And Chad wanted to make that type of show for golfers, so he pitched Chris. But for the first couple years, it was just not going to happen. When Tim Fincham was the commissioner, that was always like a, hey, I, I would love to do that. We would love to do something like that. It's just never going to fly at our organization. Why wouldn't it fly? Because the PGA Tour for so long has done everything in its power to brush over any sort of drama or conflict. They don't publicize fines or suspensions. Remember Dustin Johnson's six-month absence to address personal issues? Or how Patrick Reed, after cameras showed him picking up an embedded ball that wasn't embedded, was labeled a perfect gentleman by the rules official? It's a cautious style that's seen the tour become known in some circles as the good guys tour. Everyone is a perfect gentleman, family man, charitable. It's all smiles and rainbows. It makes sense when you consider what's historically been the target demographic. Well, smiles and rainbows are always uh, good for selling ads to banks, so, um, you know, or insurance companies. If you go to a PGA Tour event and look at the logos on a player's hat or shirt or bag, you'll see a lot of banks and insurance companies. If you watch on TV, you'll see commercials for a lot of banks and insurance companies. These are conservative organizations, conservative with a small C, of course, and they don't want to be advertising on a controversial or spicy product. So the tour, particularly before the last, say, five years, has dealt mostly in smiles and rainbows. But a few things had changed in the last five years, and Mum sensed an opening. And so I just said, like, I think we got to do this. I think now's the time. Like, let's do it for golf. And he's like, I think Jay, I think, you know, the, the universe has shifted here a bit. Jay's more open, and we're looking to figure out, like, how we deepen the relationships with our players. And I think that, like, yeah, like, why don't you... Why don't you, like, put something together? Jay, of course, refers to Jay Monahan, who took over from Tim Fincham as PGA Tour Commissioner in January 2017. His being open to the idea was a prerequisite. If he wasn't down, the show doesn't happen. That simple. Wandell thought he might be down, and he thought the time was right for a few other reasons. Here's Chris Wandell. The prominence of sports documentaries has really kind of popped over the last three or four years, like, Everybody loves Last Dance. People have loved Hard Knocks for a long time. Different sports have kind of done all-access type things. And I think they've become more and more popular and more and more premium. I think for us, our players across the board, you know, from our 40-plus-year-old guys who have been on tour for a long time, 
uh, to our guys that are coming straight out of college or joining the PGA Tour. They're all extremely active on social media and they want their fans to know what's going on in their lives. Um, you know, and you can kind of see that through every platform from Instagram and Twitter and, and YouTube. And people are they're really just kind of letting people in. And I, I don't think that was true in 2012, 2014, trying to do this. By the end of their very slow round at Shadow Creek, Mum and Wandell had hammered out the details of how this thing could actually get done. Mum puts together a deck to pitch to the tour, and it looked way different from the show you'll watch in a few months. And, and actually, the original pitch that I pitched the tour was to do a Hard Knocks model, because we didn't have the majors, so it was like we were going to do a quick turn show from Century to the Players' Championship, and then, and then be done. A quick turn show means they'd capture the footage and turn it around super quickly in just a couple days, just as Hard Knocks does. And so we were going to follow like a smaller number of players, but we were going to follow them like week in and week out. And the, uh, the plan was that was the, the show would come out on the Wednesday before the next week's round came out. So it would be literally like you would watch the event on the week, you know, on the weekend and then like Wednesday before the next week's Thursday round would come out, that episode would drop and you'd get all the inside shit that you missed from that previous week. But the show would only go forward if the players were down to be in it, and that job fell to Mum. The tour made it clear that while they could make introductions to players and agents, they couldn't force their players to do anything, and they also didn't want to play favorites by choosing who gets in the show and who doesn't. Mum went to Augusta that year to pitch players and their managers. Ricky Fowler, never one to turn down a camera opportunity, was the first to show his support. Next came Tony Finau and Cameron Champ, then Justin Thomas. They were off and running until COVID hit the next year, which put the show on pause. Meanwhile, Drive to Survive debuted on Netflix and instantly became an absolute powerhouse. We want the drivers to be heroes. Who's your favorite driver? Who was ever winning for us? Driver that will say, Fuck it, I'm going for it. A Netflix executive indicated to Chad that because of the success of Drive to Survive, there could be a path for the show at Netflix. But they wanted box-to-box films involved, the guys behind Drive to Survive, to keep some synergy. And they wanted the majors to provide access, not just the PGA Tour. Because while the PGA Tour is obviously very important, the sport at the highest level still revolves around the majors. The tour, to its credit, helped facilitate getting the majors on board. Here's Chris Wandell from the PGA Tour again. And if it was going to be season long, it couldn't be just the PGA Tour. It had to be at least one or two or three majors, you know, ideally four. So before we went and presented the idea to Netflix, uh, we went and got buy-in from all four majors that if we were going to do this with Netflix, we wanted them to come along. It's going to be really about the sport and the players, not necessarily about the PGA Tour or Augusta National or the PGA Championship. It was the collective. What do fans want to see? They want to see the sport. They want to see the stage on which these guys perform. It's really about the guys and the characters as opposed to the Travelers Championship or the players, the Masters, right? This is a a sport-specific thing. Why would the majors be down for this? Because, as the saying goes, a rising tide raises all ships. In order for this thing to succeed, you need to tell the story of professional golf in a compelling manner. And you simply can't do that without the four majors. With Netflix and the majors on board, and the guys behind Drive to Survive involved, Chad's task of pitching players became much easier. On January 22nd, 2022, just over three years after that round at Shadow Creek, Netflix and the PGA Tour jointly announced the show. It still doesn't have a name, by the way, but it does have a cast list. In alphabetical order, 
Abraham Answer, Daniel Berger, Cameron Champ, Joel Damon, Tony Finau, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Harry Higgs, Max Homa, Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Kevin Na, Mito Pereira, Ian Poulter, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, and Bubba Watson. The only big names not participating are Tiger, Phil, John Rahm, and Rory. And that's a hell of a coup for season one. The players, and this is interesting, will not be paid. None of the F1 drivers were, and none of the golfers will be. So why would they do it? Because Netflix has somewhere around 220 million subscribers, and that exposure will do great things for their brand, which in turn will make them more valuable to sponsors that do pay. Here's Justin Thomas, one of the early guys to commit. Hey JT, with this being the first week that the, the Netflix cameras are on site, knowing that you agreed to participate in the show, why did you, what went into your thought process as to agreeing to participate and, and how do you see their presence factoring into your process throughout the year? I, I want it to be, I want it to be an opportunity for, I mean, and st on the golf course stuff is very, is very obvious, you know, everybody sees the, you know, footage of us in practice rounds on Golf Channel or, or then us in a tournament, so I, I don't think that stuff's going to be anything groundbreaking, but, you know, just the fun, fun different things that people wouldn't necessarily see, you know, they might see a picture or a video on Instagram of me hitting balls at home or, or me working out, but, you know, maybe not through an entire club fitting or through a session with my dad and I or or just I mean me just drinking beer with my buddies watching football you know it's just like it, there's a lot of different aspects that um, I think will be great for for not only myself but guys to give people a little better understanding of who we are and, and grow our brand a little bit. Over the last 40 years you've inspired all of us here at TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers but all materials eventually reach their limit. So just like we went from persimmon to steel, and then steel to titanium, now it's time to leave titanium behind because the future belongs to carbon. Introducing the all-new TaylorMade Stealth with a red 60-layer carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. To learn more about the Stealth or to schedule a fitting, check out TaylorMadeGolf.com and enter promo code GOLFDIGEST, in all caps, GOLFDIGEST, for free shipping. Welcome to the Carbonwood Age, only from TaylorMade. So that's how the show came together. But what will it look like? The best way to answer this question is to look at who's making the show. Chad will continue to be involved during production, but most of his role was putting the show together, putting the pieces in place, so to speak. The creative forces behind the show are two men, neither of whom are golf sickos like Chad. One of them is Paul Martin, co-head of box to box Media, and the guy credited with Drive to Survive's really slick presentation. The other is David Check, a 25-time Emmy winner who has put together a ton of sports documentaries, 30 for 30s, stuff on the NFL, hockey, college football, but not golf. And that's kind of the idea. Look, people like you and I who spend their weekday mornings watching PGA Tour Live, we're going to watch the documentary no matter what. The key to this show, and the key to Drive to Survive success, is appealing to those people who don't watch the sport. The idea here isn't to provide golf fans with better content, though that's an ancillary benefit. It's to bring new eyeballs to the sport. So the show will be presented in a manner where it makes sense to someone who's never watched golf before. Drive to Survive did a masterful job of explaining Formula One, which is a pretty complicated sport. And so is golf. And so the golf show will need to explain all the intricacies 
the dynamic of making or missing the cut, the FedEx Cup, the world rankings, normal tournaments versus majors, different course types, that sort of thing. For what it's worth, every time I've explained the nuances of pro golf to someone for the first time, they're shocked at just how rich the sport is and how many different narratives there are. So viewers will need a basic understanding of the sport so they don't feel like they're watching a show in gibberish. What will appeal to these people aren't swing mechanics or the difference between bent grass greens and Poana. It's people. Here's Paul Martin. Because I think it's, I think that I think the appeal to young audiences, you know, of Formula One was was really just about, you know, getting getting the drivers out of the cars and, and out from under the helmets and, and allow and giving them a vehicle. Sorry, poor choice of words. Giving them a you know, giving them a medium to just just be themselves a little bit more. And I think you know, Formula One had you know, similar to golf, it had kind of just created this environment where players perhaps didn't feel like they could really be themselves and what Drive to Survive did was it allowed us in interview and in the type of things that we were you know we were capturing on camera the drivers just relaxed because they could they didn't feel like they were doing it for the tour or a sponsor or a brand or a, you know this was about this show was about giving them the opportunity to be themselves and I think that's what's resonated with the golfers, and I think that that's what will resonate with the fans. Notice he said resonated with the golfers, like it's already resonated. I spoke with Paul as he drove from San Diego to Los Angeles to catch a flight back to the UK. He'd been in Melbourne for two and a half weeks, because Box to Box is simultaneously producing an upcoming Netflix documentary on pro tennis, because apparently country club sports are having a moment. Anyway, Paul had been in San Diego for the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. This was the first week that the show's cameras were on site at the PGA Tour event. They held introductory interviews at the Hero World Challenge in December, but those were mostly just so the producers could get to know the players, and they weren't on camera. So The Farmers was the first week of real filming, but what exactly are they filming? Netflix will have access to PGA Tour highlights, so there will definitely be some golf shots shown. They've mic'd up players during practice rounds and caddies during competition. But this show isn't going to look like the Open Championship official movie where they tell the entire story of the tournament from start to finish. It won't even be like Drive to Survive where each episode is tied to a Grand Prix. A tournament might get its own episode, or it might not. These guys are after narratives and cool off-the-course stuff. That week in San Diego, the crew followed Harry Higgs and Joel Damon to Goat Hill Park, a muni where they took on some amateurs. In Los Angeles, Cameras followed Tony Finau and Cameron Champ while they gave a clinic at a municipal golf course between Inglewood and Compton. And while you probably won't hear much about the Saudi Golf League on a weekend PGA Tour broadcast, the show is sure to lean into the drama because drama is compelling. Because the show is coming out so far after the tournaments, the challenge is to find compelling stories that aren't necessarily tied to the leaderboard. Like, for instance, the Saudi Golf League, or Tony Finau's pre-round outfits, or Justin Thomas's relationship with his dad. People won't watch this show to find out what happened in the Farmers Insurance Open. They'll watch to see Ricky Fowler's wedge session early in the week or the hilarious dinner that Jordan Spieth had. Listen, fans get bored of seeing the same interview reeled out, you know, on the 18th green, you know, tell me about that part. You hit that drive down 14th, you know. Golfers get fed up of giving those interviews. Viewers get bored of seeing them. Once the players start to relax and they can go, you know what, if I drop the odd F-bomb, now and again so does everybody it's so okay. does everyone yeah yeah and suddenly it makes you know it just makes them more relatable because i think that the, the, the personas that are wheeled out 
on all broadcast sport, and I'm not just talking about golf, but across broadcast sports, as, as you said, it's good guys. We want people, we want people to think that these are good guys rather than normal guys. And guess what? Normal guys have rows with their wives, you know, have worry about money, worry about can I still do it again? Have I lost it? How good really am I? Have all those insecurities and all those worries that we have. And I think when people see that, that's when they relate to it. And then that feeds into the next time you watch, you know, Justin Thomas, because he's shown a bit of vulnerability in the show, you're going to root more for it. The golf show will have to be heavy on characters because it just doesn't hold a candle to the visuals of F1. It's hard to explain what a Grand Prix is like to someone who's never seen it. It's part car race, part festival of wealth. They take over a place for an entire weekend, and it's usually a very cool place. Monaco, Barcelona, southern France, northern Italy, Australia, Singapore, Miami Beach. The billionaires bring their yachts, and the beautiful women follow. A lot of Drive to Survive looks like a Jay-Z music video. Then there's golf. Look, golf courses are beautiful, but it's mostly a stagnant sport. F1, on the other hand, has Ferraris and McLarens and Mercedes rounding corners at deathly speeds. It's sexy. Golf is not. There are also complicated team dynamics in Formula One and proper rivalries that golf doesn't really have, at least not yet. But according to Will Buxton, an F1 journalist featured heavily in Drive to Survive, the show's runaway success isn't due to the glitz and the glamour, but the people. I think Formula One traditionally had a bit of a reputation, or Formula One drivers certainly had a reputation of being perhaps a little bit robotic and kind of very much um, having always present in their thoughts, you know, what is the right PR line to take? What, what do I say without upsetting my sponsors? And so these incredible athletes, these incredible heroic uh, sportsmen kind of, became seen as almost being quite cold and 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 not necessarily very relatable. Certainly for us over a Grand Prix weekend, we only have certain levels of access to them, usually after a session where we would interview the drivers after qualifying, after a race, the occasional sit-down one-on-one with a driver over a weekend, but never getting behind the scenes, getting into engineering meetings or you know, seeing what they do on their on their days off. So this really, I think, changed people's perspective and understanding of these people, both as sportsmen, but also as as human beings. Sound familiar? As Will was talking, I couldn't believe how similar it sounded to golf. There's a perception of players as robotic, just a hat and a pair of khaki pants who say the same things in interviews over and over again. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, obviously left a few out there, but really pleased with how I played today. I'm looking forward to the weekend. In the social media age, fans want and fans demand more intimate access. Fans of Drive to Survive and other sports documentaries form a parasocial relationship with players. It's a legitimately strong bond, even if it's one way, and it creates new fans. That, then, is the goal for golf. This is just my hunch, but not all 22 players announced will feature prominently in the show. Paul and Chad and David Check will hone in on the guys who buy in, who show vulnerability, because that's what makes a sports documentary great. Over the last 40 years, you've inspired all of us here at TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers. But all materials eventually reach their limit. So just like we went from persimmon to steel, and then steel to titanium, 
Now, it's time to leave titanium behind because the future belongs to carbon. Introducing the all-new TaylorMade Stealth with a red 60-layer carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. To learn more about the Stealth or to schedule a fitting, check out TaylorMadeGolf.com and enter promo code GOLFDIGEST, in all caps, GOLFDIGEST, for free shipping. Welcome to the Carbonwood Age, only from TaylorMade. What impact, then, could the show have? Let's use Drive to Survive as the model. In 2017, the average age of a Formula One fan was 36 years old. By 2021, that had dropped to 32, which is just a remarkably young number and a great sign of sustained popularity. The average NBA fan, for comparison, is 42. The NHL is 49, NFL is 50, Major League Baseball is 57, and golf, golf is 64. The hope is that reaching younger people where they are, which is on their couch streaming Netflix, will draw more of them to the game. Drive to Survive made Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo quasi-household names in the US, whereas before, almost no one knew who they were. Viewership for the 2021 F1 season in the US was up somewhere near 50%. The sport's popularity in the US has grown so much that F1 has added a second Grand Prix in the United States, in Miami, which will debut later this year. And the original F1 race in the US, the Austin Grand Prix, drew the biggest crowd in F1 history this past year. More than 400,000 people, including a bunch of celebrities and Rory McIlroy, turned up over the weekend. It was a star-studded affair, similar to what F1 has seen in Europe and Asia for decades. The impact of the show isn't just visible in numbers, it's the eye test too. The finale of the season, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, had a wild and controversial finish. Stays ahead of Lewis Hamilton, of all the drama, of all the controversy, of all the magic moments in Formula One in 2021, it comes down to this. And at this moment, it looks like it's going to go the way of Max Verstappen. Mercedes not happy. Red Bull will be delighted. And it absolutely dominated social media. Twitter was abuzz, serious tweets, not serious tweets, memes about Formula One racing in the United States. The sport had truly arrived. Here's Will Buxton again on the impact the show has had. I think we really noticed it the most when we went to Austin, Texas last year for the American Grand Prix. And there is one road in and out of the paddock that sort of takes you under a bridge and, and up and out. And every year we've, we've been there you know you sort of you walk out at the end of the day and it's, it's fairly easy last year we walked out and you couldn't move there were people screaming at cars coming past wanting every car to stop you know whether it was a team boss or a driver or you know a, a van full of mechanics they wanted everyone to stop and photos and autographs and i think it's just what it what it's done, I think, is is it's made the 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 sport and the people within the sport more human. So what Netflix stands to do for golf is tell a deeper story than those stale tournament broadcasts we heard at the beginning, to make people care about who's playing and what they're playing for. Local Knowledge is produced by Greg Gottfried with editorial guidance from Sam Weinman. 
The music for today's episode is called Room with a View, and it's by Jazar. Guys, if you enjoy local knowledge, please download the episodes, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a nice review. It actually does make a big difference. Thanks, guys.